Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So we're going to jump right back in to the series for the summer uh, called the Psalms of Summer. Um, I don't know if we've got two more or three more, but uh, I'll let you know. All right. Uh, I'm just kind of letting God kind of write it each week. But, but, I, but I was trying not to do this psalm because it's such a predictable psalm. But God would not let me go uh, with this psalm. Um, it is Psalm 23. Uh, it is, is probably the most popular psalm that's out there. Um, some see it as a very sweet, kind of a grandmother type psalm. Um, I don't normally, I don't see it that way. I see it as a battle cry, honestly. Um, it is a capsule of David's life, I believe. Uh, but it has so much to say to the church today and to us individually as a little church. And so I want to jump into it. So if you have your word or your phone, whatever, uh, go to Psalm 23. I'll be reading now the NIV. You'll follow with me. And then we're going to break it down verse to verse. Uh, if you have a pen or a pencil, uh, I'd encourage you to write in the margins of your Bible some notes that God just kind of gives to you through this. But, but I want to jump into Psalm 23. Um, begins like this, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. It's a beautiful psalm. It's a gorgeous psalm. You hear it a lot at funerals. Uh, you hear a lot, a lot, a lot of times people quote it. I've, I've been in locker rooms where football teams love to quote that or the Lord's Prayer or something like that. But it is a beautiful psalm. But I want to begin in verse 1. Right off the bat, there is a statement. And it simply says, the Lord is my shepherd. Folks, I want you to understand something. That's a huge question. That's a massive statement. See, listen to me. It's sweet and everything. It is. But you cannot just read it and say, the Lord is my shepherd, and qualify that in your life without that really being true. Listen to me. I want you to go to, I want you to, go to John's gospel. Go to John chapter 10. We, we read past this too fast, and I don't want to go past this too fast. 
Go to John's gospel, John chapter 10. Look at verses 3 and 4, and then we'll jump to 14. John 10, verse 3. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought them out, brought out his own sheep, he goes ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Skip to 14. I am the good shepherd. Jesus speaking. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Folks, we can't go any further in the 23rd Psalms than to answer the biggest question on the floor today. Is that true? Is he my shepherd? Just because God made you and created you doesn't necessarily make him your shepherd. It makes him your creator. And just because you go to church and you love the word and you love the 23rd Psalms and grandma loved the 23rd Psalm does not make that text yours or that question answered just because you love all that. He is my shepherd. One thing and one thing only makes him your shepherd. The Lamb of God that was crucified on the cross called Calvary for your sins, you believe and accepted him and that gift he gave you as salvation. There's been a time in your life that you have cried out to him and were born again. You can say it happened at 8, 10, 26, 88, doesn't matter. But since that day that I cried out to the Father, he changed me and I've never been the same again. I answered by the same name, but I'm a different dude. My past is still the past, but my future is totally different. I am a born-again child of the king. He is not just my creator, but he is my shepherd. And when he calls my name, I know it. I know it. Listen to me. There is a misconception today that because you go to church and you do good things and you love Jesus... That makes him your shepherd. That is not true. That's just not true. Because if we, as his creation, could ever do anything to get that qualified, to get that question answered, if we could do it, if we could do anything that would make him our shepherd, then he didn't have to go to the cross and die a brutal, brutal death for us. He made it possible that we could call him shepherd and that we could be called sheep. The question this morning before we ever jump very far in the psalm, is it true that he is your shepherd? Is it true? You see, that question really, if honestly asked, can't be asked to us. See, my answer is irrelevant. Jesus' answer is everything. When the father one day says, son, do we know him? And Jesus says, 
Nah. He not, he not, he not one of our sheep. Oh. Well, then part from me, you who thought you were a sheep, I don't know you. See, the question is really not mine, but Jesus's. See, the shepherd's the only one that would really answer that. I can give my answer, but can I tell you this? He loves me, but my answer doesn't matter. Because many have said, I am, and he said, they're not. The question is, is he truly your shepherd? Are you truly born again? He goes on to say, I shall not be in want. I shall not be in want. Is Jesus enough? Is he enough? Let me say it a different way. Is he an add-on to my life? Or is he my life? Is Jesus an add-on to your life? Or is he your life? Everything about your life is about him. I don't have any wants because if I got him, I got it all. He is McDonald's full meal deal. There is nothing else. Everything else I have apart from him and on top of my relationship with him is all sprinkles on my cupcake, icing on my cake. Too many people, too many people are living their life in want. And your want will never be satisfied apart from him. It's just no way. This world has nothing for me. It's never enough. The richest man wants to be richer. The man with more toys will find a way to get room for another toy. If that first spouse didn't do it, they'll have many others. Because they're going to fill a void that is only fillable, only can be occupied by the king. When I got him, I don't have wants. I might have needs, but he knows those needs, and I'll trust him with my needs. I don't have wants. That means I don't have to chase after stuff. I'm satisfied because I'm sheep, and he's my shepherd, and he's got me. He's got me. That's a life at peace. Verse 2 says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Mm, boy, does he. I abide in him. I lay down in green pastures. I'm telling you, if you've ever driven by a field and seen a bunch of cows laying in grass in the dead of summer, that's a pretty cool picture. Them suckers are so fat and lazy, they can't even stand anymore. And many of them will lay in the grass and lick it and try to eat it laying down. Big old tongue hanging out. I just picture that as what Jesus wants us to be. Fat on him. Satisfied with him. He makes lush green grass for us. But the sad thing is, many of us who are his sheep who know him as our shepherd, 
absolutely missing the green pastures. Thinking that we can live on our own and meet our needs and sustain our life. Dude, I'm going to say something to you. If you're starving today, it's not because he hadn't provided. It's because we pushed the plate away. You got to eat, man. You got to eat. I know it looks sometimes like the people of the world don't eat and they got it better. But you, but you don't know the full story. Don't, don't, don't be misled. Don't be fooled. Green pastures, you got to eat to be satisfied. If not, you're going to chase your wants. You're going to chase your wants. And you don't have any wants. He's all you need. But you're going to think you need all this other stuff. Psalm 63, 5 says this. My soul will be satisfied as with the riches of food. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Them old fat cows laying in that grass, licking that grass and trying to bite it laying down because they're so fat they can't get up. You know what they're saying? I am so satisfied. Woo! I'm so satisfied. If they could stand up, they'd sing. Because they have been given much by him. We're just the same, man. Hmm. Sheep that are satisfied are not wandering around, looking around, bored, or tempted. My sheep, the father says, are full, they're satisfied, they're content, they're not lacking anything, and they're at peace. You see it all the time. Let me tell you what happens to sheep who aren't eating. They wander. And a wandering sheep is a recipe for death. This world will suck you in, even as a believer, because the enemy has one method. Kill, steal, destroy, period, period. Wandering sheep are a shepherd's nightmare because a shepherd, a shepherd earns his pay by going after the wandering sheep because them knothead suckers are so dumb, they're going to go getting something they shouldn't be in. And the world is dancing in front of us all the time. And if you're not eating in that green pasture that he provides, you're going to wander out there in that world and try to satisfy your own desires. And I'm going to tell you, everything you get is going to bite you. Everything you get. You see, the thing about it is everything that bites, everything that's going to get you has a hook in it. You can't see the hook until it's too late. Don't be a wandering sheep. Don't be looking around. Don't be searching. Don't be lost. Don't be just checking everything out. Eat from the table of the Lord in the green pastures, and you will not be satisfied with all the stuff the world dances in front of you. I got a row. Verse 2 keeps on saying, He leads me beside the quiet waters. There's a beautiful text in Scripture where Jesus, in the midst of a storm, and his disciples are with him. He simply stands up from sleep, and they wake him up to do it. He stands up, and he says, be still. Be still. And the water lays. What's beautiful about a shepherd is a lot of the sheep that shepherds watch, 
are in the middle of fields and, and they have big valleys and ditches and draws and water runs through there. And, 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 and many times a shepherd will, will grab rocks and dam up the water so the sheep will drink the water because it's good for them. But sheep, sheep sometimes won't drink from the stream or from water that's moving because they're scared of it. We went on a hike, and our dogs are kind of the same way. We have a little Maltese. She, wouldn't, she was not sure she could drink from that water because it was moving. She found places where the water wasn't moving and drank from it. Why is that important? Because sheep by nature, they're scared, and they're timid, and they're fearful. Can I tell you something? Human sheep are too. Human sheep are too. And see, the shepherd sometimes has to take our life. And we're moving so fast. And there's streams of water. And we need that water for nourishment and replenishes us. It renews us. And we need to kick the drink. But, 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 but we're timid and we're scared. And, and, and the good shepherd... Jesus, he, he, he kind of steals the water for us, and he kind of dams it up a little bit, and he lets us drink from the fountain because we need a drink. But many of us so many times are so timid, so scared, we don't, we don't, we don't want to go out there and do that. Our fear keeps us from what we really need, a drink from him. The good shepherd quiets the waters and lets us drink. If you've ever been on a, been hot outside and been sweaty, water simply renews you, man. It, it refreshes you. It gives you a second wind. He goes on to say in verse 3, it restores my soul. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He's always going to take care of his sheep. He's always going to take care of his sheep. He restores everything we, everything the Father provides, everything the shepherd provides is to restore you. Everything. Why? Because when you're restored, then he can guide you into righteousness, into your path that he has for you. Why? Because his name is on those sheep. See, this is not about us. It's about the Father. We are a walking commercial for Jesus in the kingdom. You got to ask yourself, what kind of commercial does my life give? You may say, well, I'm not trying to give a commercial. You don't have to try to give one. You just have to get up. You give one every day. Verse 4, he says, And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, a valley for sheep would often be places of death. A valley for a sheep is a place for wandering sheep to die. You get down into that draw, you get down into that valley, and those sheep will lose their way. They can't get out of their own. They can't get up there. 
So what happens is they got lions, tigers, and bears, oh my, out there. And so lions, tigers, and bears wait for that little sheep to get down that valley. That sheep's toast in that valley. You just better get the jelly out because that dude's toast. Because that lion, tiger, and bear is about to go pounce on that sheep every time. Can I just tell you something today? The valley for the wandering sheep today can sometimes be death. It can sometimes be death today. That's all he's waiting for. It's all he's waiting for. He says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's waiting for you to wander off, to get out. He's going to try to pounce on you. Many of you have seen this text, and many of you have shared this with children that can't sleep at night sometimes. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know what a shadow is, don't you? Well, you know what it is. It's not real. Many times your children will wake up in the middle of the night and say, I see this monster in my window. And you go in there, sweetheart, that's not a monster. That's the wind blowing a tree. It makes it look like a monster. Don't look at the window. Turn the other way. It's just, it's just a shadow. It's not real. But we as adults sometimes, we, we, we go through stuff and, and, and we see shadows of stuff and we think it's going to take us out. We think it's going to kill us. And we make it bigger. We make it real. And it's not real. It's in our head. It's just a shadow of death. It's just a shadow of death. It is not real. The Father knows it's not real. But we stay long enough, we think the shadow is real. B says this, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A rod is a club. Uh, It's an oak club. It's about two feet long. They use it to defend off wild animals and stuff like that. The staff or the shepherd's crook. He uses that, the shepherd does, to, to, to loosen a sheep out of the thickets. Sometimes a sheep with all that wool get in thickets and they can't get out. Or they get in brush and they can't get out. Or they fall in a hole just because they're so intelligent. They fall in holes and the shepherd has to get them out. Can I just tell you something about the rod and the staff? He ain't using it to beat you up. See, many people have the image of God and God's just out to get them. God's just been punishing me. God's been whooping me with a rod, been whooping me with a staff. No, he's not. No, he's not. God is not out to get you. He is not. In, the things in your life that are happening to you is not punishment against you. And it's not done because God is a sorry, punk God. It's not. It is a test. It is a trial. But he says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Many people, if honest with themselves, the reason you're in the thicket is because of choices. Had nothing to do with God. You didn't acknowledge him when you walked into it. Why acknowledge him on the mount you caught? If you didn't ask him if you could walk into it, don't blame him that you're there. The father, the shepherd, has a rod. He is fighting for you. He is fighting for you. He fights when you don't even acknowledge it's him. You don't even care it's God. You're, you're mouthing God. But as, you're, as you're, you're a sheep, he doesn't care what you say about him. He loves you. 
He's crazy about you. So he's going to continue to battle and fight and defend you. Why? Because one day that sheep will wake up and acknowledge the fact that God loves them crazy. And that you will be the sheep that he died for. That he called you to be. He is not beating you up. Somebody in here says, I guarantee you, somebody in here has a mindset that Psalm 23, this text right here, this is all about God punishing me. God's been punishing me for years. God's not been punishing you at all. That's messed up. That is messed up. You need to stop. God's fighting for you because he's crazy for you and that he loves you. We've got a row. Verse 5. Beautiful text here. It kind of trans- it changes here a little bit. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Mm. I've said a couple weeks ago that uh, Jesus is our example in this area. He is at the table. We know it as the Last Supper. He is serving communion and soon will wash the feet of his disciples before he goes to Calvary. At the table is Judas. Judas. A heart that is just hard, callous, and he is on the wrong team, but he's sitting at the right table. And Jesus, knowing the intent of his heart and what will soon happen, serves him communion and washes his feet. And you say, and I say, well, you don't know what they did to me. I can't forgive them. (laughs) Oh, Lord, help. There's your example. People say, I just want to be like Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Let them go. Well, I don't mean, I want to be that much like Jesus. (laughs) Sorry, dude, you got the jersey, you got to wear it. Wear it proudly. I'm telling you, you got to let them go. I let them go, they win. Dude, read the book. You win. What's wrong with your revelations? Mine says I win. <laughs> you need a new translation. Let them go. Jesus mauled it. But I think he says much more in this text right here. I want you to go back a psalm that we did. I don't remember. I think it was right before I left. Psalm 8. Go to Psalm 8. That clock goes too fast. Psalm 8. Look at verse 2. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. Because of your enemies, to silence the foe and the avenger you have ordained praise because I got enemies some of us are still under the concept that we are loved by everyone and we have no enemies that may be true of you it's not of me but it may be true of you but I can tell you one thing even as great as you are you got one enemy scripture is very clear about that He even testifies that he's your greatest enemy. He brags about it, and he pretty much gets right in your face and says this, I will kill you. I will. 
I will destroy you. I will. I'll basically, I will take you out. And then Jesus says, excuse me. Excuse me. I am his shepherd. I am his shepherd. And he or she will not be killed and he will not be stolen and he will not be destroyed by you. He will have life abundantly because greater is he that is in him than he that is in you. So you can take your hands off my sheep and go find another one. But you're not getting this one. And then he says, sheep, I have prepared a table for you. Come eat. Come eat. There are many things that keep us from the table. They're enemies. They're set in place to kill, steal, and destroy us. You see, I want to encourage you today that in your pain, you come sit at the table. In your confusion, you come sit at the table. In your fear, you come sit at the table. In your frustration, you come sit at the table. In your doubt, it's okay. Come sit at the table. In your unforgiveness, <laughs> come sit at that table. Because at that bounty of that table of the Lord's, all that you need for where you are is there. Those things right there will keep you from the table because they're enemies and you don't want to face them. And you don't want to come to the table because they're there. And see, anything that keeps you from the table keeps you starving. And if you will push through it and in your pain sit at that table, always take your pain to Jesus and you will get up and not have that pain no more. He will take care of that pain for you. And at that table, he will anoint your head with oil and your cup will overflow. He will anoint your head with oil. He will refresh you. Mm, he will renew you. He will. And your cup will overflow. You say, well, I, I, can, I can take some time off now, preacher, because my cup's full. Well, I always tell people this. If your cup's full, get a saucer. You can catch the leftovers. But don't pull up. Don't pull up. And we end this way. Surely goodness and love, New King James said mercy, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. God's presence, God's grace, and God's love. All the days of my life. Listen to me. As sheep, you are never out of his presence. He's got you. He's got you. You're never out of his grace. You're never out of his love. He's got you. Let me say this to you this morning. 
I, I, do not want, I do not want you to make the mistake of thinking just because this is a really sweet psalm and you read it and you go, yes, that's, I love that, la la, don't get past verse 1. I know you were hoping I wouldn't go back there. But my friends, I'm going to tell you right now. This world at times is messed up. And it uses church biblical words out of text sometimes and really drags some of that stuff through the dirt. And it confuses a lot of people that are wondering. You are either his sheep or you are not his sheep. He's either your shepherd or he's not your shepherd. And you cannot get to verses 2 through 6 that are really sweet and wonderful and you love unless you get the first one. And so this morning, I just want, I just want you to spend a little time there. And I don't want you to answer that for your spouse or your kids or for your parents or anything. I just want you to ask Jesus for the answer and my sheep. Just say, Jesus, are you my shepherd? Whatever hits you first is the answer. Whatever hits you first. And if that, if you hesitate with that, if you don't know for sure, you know. And I want to ask you to do this. Don't pretend anymore. Don't. Listen to me. Great church, but coming to this church won't fix that. Working on the security team and serving in area ministry does not fix that. Tithing won't fix that. It won't. And just because you love Paxson and lift your hand in worship doesn't mean you can lift your hand and say, I am a sheep. The father might say, oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. Biggest question on the floor is, is he my shepherd? I'm going to ask you to stand, church. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. If you're on the ministry team or altar team this morning, if you'll come down. I'm not driving this point home to be mean. I'm driving this point home because it's, my gosh, there isn't another point. Most important thing on the table this morning. Am I sheep? Are you a sheep? Are you a sheep? This morning, Psalm 23 is beautiful. Wherever you find yourself in that text is a beautiful place. Let the Father speak over you right where you're at. And if you need to come to the table and eat, lay in green grass, or your crazy waters need to be stilled so you can drink of nourishment. Whatever you need, come to the right place today. Father, we love you during this time. By the power of the Holy Spirit in which you have spoken, I pray we are doers of the word, not hearers only. For your glory and your glory only, in Christ's name, amen. You come, church, if you need to come. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, 
find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.